0: Does your bike need some love? Shimano original replacement parts are the best way to renew the original function of your Shimano-equipped bike. Available online and at your local retailer.
1: From Red Kite Prayer, this is The Paceline, the podcast on two wheels. I am Celine Yeager, and with me is my co-host, Patrick Brady. Each week, we take a look at how cycling fits in our lives. How are you, Patrick?
0: I'm good. I'm really good. I got out for a wonderful mountain bike ride yesterday with some friends. Well, one, one existing friend and some new friends, you know, and uh, hit some awesome trails. And after doing an awful lot of bike work lately, it was mm. nice to go for a ride. Yeah, Yeah. that's uh,
1: that's a good thing. New trails to you or just on your home trails, home trails. You say new. Okay.
0: yeah. But a a couple of people had. Yeah. People from the East Bay had had come up to ride with a buddy of mine and he was like, hey, come join us. And uh, that was all the impetus I needed. Yeah. Nice. So we we ripped around some trails that I don't. Some of them I ride all the time. Some I don't ride that often. And so it was fun to shake it up some.
1: Are your trails rideable from your place? Or do you have to drive to them?
0: (laughs) I chose where I live because I am about 200 yards from single track. Perfect.
1: I appreciate that. Yeah. I'm a little more than 200 yards, but I'm like two blocks. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's, it's a very short distance. There's a light (laughs) between me and, and the trails. Yeah. Nice. And uh, yeah, we can, you know, we can be out there a, a good long time without encountering any roads. Um, So it's it's an awful lot of fun. And Sweet. Yes. some of them are not so thoroughly sanctioned. And those are sometimes the most fun of all. Not because <laughs> they're not sanctioned, but just because they're built by mountain bikers for mountain bikers.
1: Right. Right. Picking up what you're laying down. <laughs> well, I'm glad I'm glad you got out. Yeah. How about you? How you been? Do that. I've been well. I've been well. Uh, I, I have gotten out. I got out of my mountain bike too. I haven't, I haven't actually ridden my mountain bike that much because I've been doing all this gravel stuff. Like fall was like all gravel all the time. Yeah. And it's funny. Like I was like, I don't even know if I remember how to do this, but uh, <laughs> you know, it was, it was fun. It was fun to go out and and rip around on the mountain bike again. This is a really nice time of year here at a mountain bike too. So I'm going to try to um, hopefully get out uh, this weekend do some the the ground is is good it's it's not too too cold not too uh wet either yet so yeah it's been good been busy but everything's good cool
0: I want to hear about this gravel camp you're gonna be
1: doing oh it's the oldest gravel in America <laughs> apparently I didn't I mean what? I guess it's the Appalachians well the Appalachians are the oldest range right so okay sure so sure. therefore hence being the gravel roads. Over the Appalachians would be the oldest gravel in America. I'm I'm gonna go with it. I I'm good with that. Know, and, until like somebody tells me otherwise, <laughs> right, I'm gonna just right. say that's fine. Um, no, I'm pretty stoked. I have a I have a good relationship with Peaks Coaching Group. You mm-hmm. know, Hunter Allen is the, one of the founders of that. Uh, Lee is a guy I work with there. I, I interview their coaches honestly all the time. I, I use them for you know, when I'm doing any kind of roundup and like, what do you think of, you know, strapping weights on your bike and riding up a hill with them, you know, like just that kind of stuff. They're really, they're really a wonderful resource for me. And they have been for many years and sometime in the past few years, you know, they're just like, let's help you. You know, you're always promoting our coaches. Yeah. Real nice. Right. So they, uh, they, I, I sent some uh, signed copies of Climb down for one of their climbing camps because they also have a climbing camp down uh-huh. there. And that was a big hit. And uh, when Gravel came out, it was sort of a natural thing. They're like, well, we have this Gravel camp. They have two, actually. They have one in April and one in September that they're trying to promote. They're like, come down. All you have to do is get here, you know, and we'll <laughs> – We'll we'll co promote and we'll do that, and it looks really rad. It's uh, April first through the fourth or fifth, I think, and mm-hmm. you know, just stay in these these lodges and cabins and and learn a lot of gravel technique, which I think is really great because it's very different from mountain aerobic. He really, really legit yes. is. Yes, You know, I'm hoping to walk away for with some, you know, you can always pick up something. And Absolutely. I'm not like on on squ- like pea gravel over hard pack. I'm not awesome on that. You know, maybe I need to let even more pressure out of my tires. I mean, mm-hmm. sometimes it's even stuff like that, that you learn that is gold, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, so I'm super stoked. You know, I'm going to be there like signing books and that kind of thing. Gravel, have gravel down there and, and going on the rides and answering questions that I can answer. But I also, I'm really kind of stoked to pick up some information myself and just get out there and, and ride it looks like it's you know the mountains i think there's going to be a there's talk of doing some sort of ftp test up this really uh i have to look it up like legendary gravel climb down there i can't remember what it's got right uh so that's kind of exciting you know like (laughs) killing yourself up a two mile gravel climb to do it to oh, wow. do an FTP test, come join me, everybody. It's going to be a great time. Yeah, no, you said. You know, that's kind but, of
0: a, an FTP test isn't the sort of thing that I file under good time.
1: Yeah, sorry, it's, it's type two fun. Maybe type three. It's, it's yes. low down there, on the, it'll and it'll be fun later. It'll be good though. It's, I I'm very excited about it, and I hope that yeah, uh, I hope we get a good crowd. I, I'm I'm optimistic that that we will. I mean, the gravel crowd is always fun, so.
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That's the thing. I love the people that gravel events attract, and I love what that riding is because it's technically challenging as well as mm -hmm. you know being giving you ample opportunity to go kill yourself. uh, You know, in terms of effort, not not the fall. Well, totally. And it's
1: not like it's not like mountain biking where you're like, I I feel like you can walk your edges more comfortably on gravel then you mm-hmm. can maybe on a mountain bike where you're like okay that's a, you know a 4 foot ledge is a 4 foot ledge is a 4 foot ledge and at some point like when you're going over ledges and you're going down steep things that are scary or trying it's over giant rocks it's 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 just harder it's just i mean there there's a a commitment that you need to make and you're going to fall you know there's things that ha- it, yeah. it just is as part of the sport where you know i'm not saying that it's that you may not slide out on gravel and and slide on the dirt. You know, that certainly could happen, but I just feel like you can, you can get, stay in your comfort zone and push your comfort zone more easily, you know, with mm-hmm. less consequence for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love those experiences where, you know, you're on the gas, you're in a turn, you begin to feel the tires break away just a little bit, ease off the gas, they hook up, you get back on the gas those moments are so cool. And, you know, cyclocross racing years ago, yeah. I learned how to be able to stay on the gas and, and that's great right. fun, but it's neat to watch somebody start to negotiate that whole business of like, you noted the pea gravel over hard pack where you're sliding around a little bit and, you know, maybe you've mm-hmm. got the crown of the road to deal with and. Yep. Oh, you that's can a thing. See, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I remember having an awesome experience at the Huffmaster Hopper back last April, watching a friend of mine get kind of pushed off toward the edge of the road because of the crown. And then the gravel started getting a little softer out toward the edge and, you know, working through that and very gently negotiating back toward the middle of the road. It was just such a neat thing to watch. You could see. You know, the, the muscle memory starting to develop on, OK, this is how I'm going to do this. Uh, yeah. And so that that balance between effort and technical facility. Just, yeah, that's really a big piece of what I love about gravel riding.
1: Totally, totally. And like I said, I'm I'm very interested myself to to pick up some of that because I'm very comfortable on mud. I know when mud's gonna hook up. I know how to do all that kind of stuff. <laughs> I still don't quite know how all kinds of gravel's gonna hook up when I come in too hot. So, yeah, I'm uh, yeah. I'm ex- I'm in- I'm excited for it. And it's you know I mean those guys are also just really you know for people who are uh, who are interested in systematically developing their 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 fitness and their training and all that they're there for you too. I mean you know the, the Peaks Coaching Group is. Yeah. Very good with yeah. that.
0: Still a reputation for their work. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Good time of year too. I think first week of April is like that it's a
0: country. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. Oh, going to be gets. exploding.
1: It's going to be yeah. beautiful. And it just sets you up. I mean, all, you know, everything to come is, is pretty much, you know, stuff just starts kicking in around, you know, May, June mm-hmm. and straight and forward. So it'll be good. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Okay. Well, we're, we're, cool. <laughs> where are yeah, we going something. this week? <laughs> where
1: are we going this week? That's a great question. I have a question for you. Okay. Just to start off. Okay, I probably so have an answer. I, I, think, I think you will. I think you will. So what do you do? Say your computer is running slow. It's hanging up, acting buggy. What do you
0: do? I hold down the power button and make it reboot.
1: That is a perfect answer. <laughs> that's exactly. That's exactly what I was looking for.
0: You reboot. Um,
1: yeah. Yes, you close all the apps. We always say in this house, like, what would the Rock do? Because there was some terrible movie. What was that terrible movie? Um, <laughs> Which one? I don't know. Yeah, all of them. But there was one where they were in a. They were in a skyscraper in Dubai. And some terrorists or something were gonna take the whole thing down. They ended up they just had to reboot something. It's fine. But anyway, <laughs> so what would the what would the rock do? You always reboot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll remember yeah. it maybe later. Yeah. So you close all the apps, you hit the old restart button, whatever you have to do. And when it comes back up, everything is a little snappier, it works better. And that trick works because it cleans out your random access memory, right? Like yeah. the operating system, all the programs you're using use RAM. So when you restart, clears it out and you've got more available RAM, right? Yeah. So your computer runs faster.
0: Yeah. Well, a I mean, like that.
1: Is it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Just saying. Uh, you know, With that's, a that's, on good my face. that's good to know. <laughs> Moving right along.
1: Right. So last week, if you'll recall, I talked about November ennui, right. That you know, mm-hmm. the, that stirring discontent mixed in with a little sluggish boredom, lack of spark of motivation uh, that can strike this time of year. It's funny. I, I. Right after that show, before we put it up, a friend of mine uh, messaged me, he's like, I'm bored, I'm depressed, you know, looking at blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I recognize these symptoms. I know what you're talking <laughs> about. Um, You know, it occurred to me that while self-reflection, as I did, is a good remedy for that condition, and I think always a good idea uh, many times a year, so is a hard reboot, you know, Mm -hmm. which many cyclists don't do. It's it's Mm -hmm. like taking a true break at at that time of year. Uh, This is, you know, it's particularly important if you do, if you race, for sure. But even if you do like long events, if you're always riding lots and doing stuff on the weekend on a regular basis during the season, you're accumulating fatigue, you know? <laughs> and even if you're doing your Monday's arrest day, you know, like the whole kind of pattern that most people do that helps. But over time, you are still accumulating a low level of fatigue, both mental and physical. That yeah. 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 That mental part being maybe bigger than the physical part. Um, then it adds up. You know, and over the course of months, it really adds up. And at best, by this time of year, you know, you'll hit a plateau where you're not necessarily going backward in your progress, but you're sure not going forwards either. Um <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you can you can still be really super fit but profoundly fatigued, you know, on some levels. I mean, those two things can I- coexist. Mm-hmm. Um or even Worse, or maybe better, depending how you look at it, your performance will drop like a safe, you know, and just sort of force you to either and I know people who have had this happen, and they continue to just drill in they're like i'm you know I'm not working, I'm not performing well, I must do more intervals, or I must continue to dig myself into the ground right uh don't don't do that um it can I think it just can be really hard for many reasons. I think it can be hard for lots of riders to do especially if you live in places where you can easily and comfortably ride all year round.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: I had this, yeah, I had this conversation with a rider out in your neck of the woods, actually. And he was like, he's like, I feel like I've been on a plateau for years. You know, he's like, <laughs> because, because yeah. he he can't stop riding. I've said mm-hmm. this many times in my life. I'm like, if I lived in San Diego, I would burn out in, in two seasons. Like I just, it, it would not suit me. Um, the weather doesn't force a break where he lives and uh he doesn't have any other sports that he does so he just keeps right. riding and riding and riding you know and kind mm-hmm. of like <laughs> seasons start early and they go late and you you know you could conceivably just keep on the cycle all year round yeah um and with cycling because it's low impact bike riders i i i interviewed a couple of people when i did a story on overtraining years ago and one guy brought up a really interesting point he's like Cyclists can drive themselves into overtraining and keep digging a hole way past the point that other sports can like runners. He's like, runners get hurt. Yeah. You know, they get, they get injured. overuse injuries. He's like, yeah. Yeah. It's like cyclists don't see that so much. So mm-hmm. they can just keep digging and digging and digging. You know, I think, and I also, and this is totally just my speculation. I also think that's why you see more chronic fatigue kind of things pop up in professional. cyclists. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because, because that's where we get hurt, you know, <laughs> in the central nervous system and stuff. It's it, it, we're it's, the the bicycle allows us, unless we crash, it allows us a lot of pushing without joint stress, the orthopedic. You know, I mean, you have niggles or whatever, but it's not the same, you know. For certainly, as a runner or a crossfitter, you know, a rower, like even any of those sports are, are harder. Um, so anyway, it's important to rack the bike and really like really rest, like let your muscles fully repair, let your central nervous system recover. You know, people don't think about that, but you use your central nervous system, not only in just telling your muscles what to do when you're on a ride, but that, you know, when you're all jacked up and you're going to sprint and you're pushing up a, a hill and your heart, I mean, all that stuff. And especially if you are racing or doing events and traveling and getting up and getting the start lines and doing all that stuff. Like, That all takes a lot of central nervous system work. And when your central nervous system starts to fry, you are fried. I mean, you are, that's, you know, that was me this summer. Yeah. Yeah. I was pretty convinced that that's what's happened after dirty cans. And when you were just like lights out.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I was coming around, but then I did that final grasshopper the third week of June. And that's, (laughs) yeah, that was the safe on top of my head. It was like, Right. Yes.
1: Yeah. Power. Power down. Um. Yeah. I mean, let all your hormones. I mean, it's hormonal stress too. I mean, it, and it, in in imbalance, in it's healthy. You know, the, the 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 spike in the adrenaline, the stress hormones, and all that, and then the recovery. But if you don't <laughs> let it recover, it becomes not healthy. You know, you're it. Be, it yeah. just becomes unhealthy. And the, the recovery, and that's the thing. It doesn't have to be long. Like an easy week or two. Can do wonders for your mood, your motivation, your muscular recovery. I tell people all the time, like when you feel that little energy inside and the stairs disappear, you're 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 getting recovered. You know, like when you have a bounce in your step up the stairs, like that is a good sign that maybe yeah. you're finally, you know, coming around. Um, you know, and in in the interest of full disclosure, I have not hit that reset button yet. Um, With the interest of fuller disclosure, (laughs) disclosure, that could definitely be like what have contributed to my ennui that is now finally lifting some. You know, I rolled right out of rock and road and right into CrossFit, which was probably stupid, um, especially since, you know, I also didn't pull the plug on logging miles because the weather was so nice. So, you know, that but the to go right into that sort of like heavy lifting phase while I was tired was a dumb thing to do. Uh, i will I will own that it felt good at the time but then my mood did not follow um <laughs> oops. yeah yeah oops I'm okay with that I'm okay with that because I've been careful to give myself extra sleep i'm when when i recognized that was happening I was like all right early bedtimes grab some books read feed up eat better uh I got back to yoga and I know with the holiday coming up you know there's thanksgiving next week and there's some travel that I'll have some forced rest so i I like to try to coincide my reboots with that makes sense you know with like with times it's already going to be hard to do anything anyway um so yeah i think with that i'll be ready and that's this is all the point is that when you do reboot and you come back up and you feel snappier and you've got motivation then is the time that i'll be able to be like all right what does it look like and do my, you know, heavy lifting and get back to yoga and logging long, easy miles. And I'll be ready to like face the winter here and all that. But, you know, without, without a reset, mm, you just, I think I would just be under the covers going, uh, send me somewhere else. Anyway. (laughs) So, (laughs) so do you have a a predictable rhythm that you follow
0: out there? No, no. Yeah. I I mean, that's, there are a couple different dimensions to that answer. And one is I've been here in Sonoma County four years and each year has been a little different for various reasons. They've all been thrown off for one reason or another. Right. One, one right. fall, yeah. it was uh, acute depression that I didn't really understand. Another mm-hmm. fall, uh, it was thrown off by the fires. Uh, another fall. Uh, my very first fall here was odd because I was still just trying to get to know trails and roads and people. And so almost all my rides were by myself. Yeah. (laughs) So I haven't settled into a, a routine in, in the way that I did when I lived in LA. And so in some ways it's much, much better, but in other ways I'm still trying to, establish exactly the 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 cycling lifestyle i want long term here there's still mm. i'm still in a sort of learning curve but i mean to what you were saying earlier i you know i would tell people that it's easy if you live on the west side of la or the south bay where i was to group ride yourself into abject overtraining in 30 days yeah, I can totes. totally see that. It's yeah. it's not even hard. Yeah. And so, I mean, I used to just keep an eye, even though I, after I stopped racing and wasn't doing super structured workouts and whatnot, I continued to track three week blocks. I'd mm-hmm. watch my mileage. Yep. And so every yep. three weeks, yep. whatever I'd done, I'd cut by 40%, Yeah, you know, in terms
1: of time. Yeah, that's a good rule of thumb
0: for sure and that made a big big difference for me and even though you know my my weeks could be a little uneven here and there you know i wasn't always yeah. seeing progressions of you know 15 hours 18 hours 21 right, hours right. uh still you know there would be a couple of like 14 13 14 hour weeks and so i'd do an 8 hour week something like that mm-hmm. and that was that was really, well, it has continued to be uh, something I, I I try to live by. Um, I don't do it so much once I'm down under 10 hours. It's just like, well, right. whatever, whatever I can get now. Right, right. No, that makes,
1: that makes a hundred percent sense. Yeah. Yeah. And if, you, if, if, and if you're lifestyle riding, then you're lifestyle riding, right? I mean, if that's where you're at, where you're not training for anything and you're not, you're not overreaching, then it's mm-hmm. not as important. But we, yeah. anytime you get, Yeah.
0: But I will confess that I've had a question running in my head about what I should do this fall so that I make sure I am true truly well and fully recovered from this past summer. I think I still continued to limp some from after effects of all that, you know, through September, maybe early October. I mm-hmm. I, I think there was still some some loss so, until yesterday, I'd been off the bike for something like eleven days um and I think I'm gonna continue to be backed off a little bit maybe through the rest of the month. I'm not positive part of that's, it, of not course, a bad,
1: that's it's not a bad plan I mean you know a lot of i mean pros rack their bike for four to six weeks right I mean, they just get they just put the bike down mm-hmm. and do other things. that's not to say to sit on the couch right right but, right um it is okay and i th- i think people people really need to hear that more and more i i i firmly believe that strava has been super detrimental for this because <laughs> I, you know it, and it has and i'm gu- i'm guilty of that too even though i i try not to let that in my head like cuz i don't even i don't like to see black even if even though i don't care anybody else whatever i don't like to see blank weeks so my, uh, you know like it's it should not matter and it was like blank weeks are good <laughs> but it's it's it, it that stuff works on our lizard brain in very strange ways you know it, it is it, and it, it's positive because it's motivating when you see oh bling 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 and i'm accumulating and this and that and it's fun and then there's a little withdrawal when you get away from it but that you have to like shut down that lizard brain and go okay like logic brain i need a break it does that does not matter you know it doesn't not <laughs> matter if if I don't have the same number of hours as Harry down the road, it does not matter. You know, none of this, none of this really matters. It's, but it's, but it's just another thing to have to like work to keep yourself on, on together in, in, in perspective, you know, like, yeah, I I firmly believe that stuff.
0: One of the things that was so helpful to me in this regard was Joe Friel's book, the cyclist training Bible or training, Mm -hmm. whatever.
1: He has many Bibles, but yes. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, the The thing about that was, you know, there were so many graphics in there kind of showing you the progression of a season, you know, the progression oh, of yeah. a workout, yeah. yep. uh, you know, the way your weeks should look, all that. And so I have these graphical ideas in my life of like what a calendar should look like. Right. And so I'm really happy. If I look at Strava and I see three kind of reasonably right, consistent right. weeks and then a dropped off week and then three kind of reasonably. Consistent it looks weeks. like it should. It, right. And I get psyched, but you know, it's like, okay, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. Yep. I'm doing the thing yeah. I want to do. And if I were to be able to have the kind of mileage that I'd wanted all, all through the fall and then see that big notch down at the end of the season, Right. I would actually have the same sort of feedback there of like okay, right. I'm taking care of myself.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, that's a, that's a very that's a very healthy perspective. Um and I think, you know, people also just feel a bit of a loss sometimes, you know, they, <laughs> because you get in that routine, right? And they don't know what to do. But but so give yourself a goal to work on something else. You know, uh, like mm-hmm. anything else. Like whether it's your core strength or your flexibility, sign up for a few weeks of yoga. Like just do they, like then you are still making progress towards your end game, which is to be a better bike rider or whatever. But you know, there are many ways up that mountain and they're not all sitting on your saddle, walking a lot of miles. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that is something you, you just mentioned that I'd really like to be able to do this winter is yoga on some sort of consistent basis, you know, twice a week, something like that. Even
1: once a week. I mean, people, a lot of people are like, Oh, but I can only I'll tell you what, like once a week, is not nothing, and it it like it it works. Like I just yeah. go every Monday night. That's all I can manage. But I can <laughs> tell you that Monday night makes a huge, huge difference. There's no question in my mind. Like the niggles go away, you know. Like and that's <laughs> yeah,
0: nice, yeah, yeah. So cool. Um, you've given me some inspiration.
1: Yeah. Oh, good. All right. I I want Just to like take the care rock. The,
0: Yes, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a new one on me. What would the Rock do? <laughs> uh, take his shirt off? I,
1: yeah. <laughs> Almost always. Yes, that is that is true.
0: I mean, when you got guns like that, you know, I can you blame the guy?
1: No, no. That's.
0: <laughs> I mean, every now and then, I wish I was awesome. <laughs> Please, we all can't be awesome in the same way. <laughs> Amen to that. (laughs) Okay. So we're going to take a break for our sponsor Shimano and we'll be back in just a moment. We're going to take a short break for our sponsor Shimano and we'll be right back at Shimano. We love riding and we know you do too. As a small repayment for all the joy, your bike has brought your life. We encourage you to maintain your bike regularly. Genuine Shimano replacement parts will keep your Shimano equipped bike running smoothly. Whether your bike is built with 105, XTR, or our new gravel group, GRX, a well-maintained bike will operate better and go faster. Worn out a chain? Consider that a badge of honor. You've been riding a lot. Does it sound like metal on metal when you hit your rim brakes? That's a sign it's time for new brake shoes. What if your disc brakes don't feel as crisp as they used to? Cool, you've been going fast. Give them a bleed. Does your chain skip on smaller cogs? You're using all your gears, and now your cassette is shot. Is that old saddle creaking? It may be fatigued because of all the miles you've put in. Consider a saddle from Shimano's Pro line of components. And what about your feet? Cleats can and do wear out, especially the right cleat if you're a cyclocross racer. Whether it is the plastic cleat on a road shoe or metal SPD cleat, they can and do wear out keep that love burning bright, show your bike a little TLC and take it by your nearest Shimano dealer to keep it running just like when it was new. All
1: righty, we are back with the Pace Line, the podcast on two
0: wheels. Patrick,
1: what is your pull this week?
0: So as I mentioned, I've been off the bike a little bit lately. Part of it is I've just had so much garage work ahead of me. I am in the midst of building two gravel bikes Mm-hmm. I'm rebuilding my Alpha all-road uh, from Allied with Shimano's GRX group that arrived recently.
1: That'll be sweet.
0: It'll be pretty incredible. And yeah. I think I've figured out a way to run the dropper post.
1: Ooh. Is it yeah. a one-by?
0: No, it is not a one-by. It is two-by. I mean, Sonoma, Sonoma County, you know, it's two-by. Oh, yeah, fair. Yeah, no, <laughs> I
1: got two-byes too. Um, um, that's a great bike, though. I love that bike. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, so I mean, it's a it involve...
1: Shimano's GRX
0: dropper post. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So it's a 27, yeah. two. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I think that I'm, I'm going to have to use a zip tie at least partway down, but I'm going to let the cable go in the, uh, the mechanical exit point for the cable housing for the front derailleur, since this is oh. going to be a DI two bike. So I oh, can use a different okay. port in the seat yep. t- no, C- tube. Yeah, so I think I'm going to be able to work that out. I've at least got the housing run. I haven't put a wheel in there to make sure it clears. But no, I think that I think that sounds like it'll work. Yeah, yeah. So I'm excited about that.
1: So the expert mechanic. I'm the expert mechanic now. I just (laughs) barely change a flat. Anyway, go ahead.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We'll come back to that in a bit. So I'm also building up. Uh, a bike from factor their vista which is their gravel bike and i don't know that oh my god nobody does it hasn't been getting okay. any love out there and i tell you celine this is the most sophisticated frame i have ever built up in my life
1: get out of here i huh? am
0: not gonna get out of here
1: <laughs> you never do anytime i say that that's a good thing <laughs> podcast would end
0: Go ahead. <laughs> so it's a it's a reasonably unusual design it, it has a fork design that recalls what felt first did with the da in terms of there being a steerer in front of the head tube there is a a long bolt that goes up mm-hmm. through the head tube and secures the headset that way but there's an awful lot of weight that or, or structure that is transferred you know out in front of the head tube and mm-hmm. the the what technically is the steerer for the fork the the hydraulic housing the lines pass through that so they don't actually go through the head tube they go in front of the head tube but it's still completely internally routed and then the way the stem spacers are done because it uses this special integrated bar stem The way the spacers are done, you can add or subtract spacers even after the hydraulic lines have been run. You don't have to disconnect all that. It's a two-piece spacer. Almost
1: very complicated. Is it complicated?
0: I it is a little complicated, but once you've taken some time to kind of digest it, it is remarkable. I mean, I am blown away by this thing. And then, like, I spent some time shining a flashlight up inside the frame, looking around. And this thing is so incredibly clean on the inside. I'm, I mean, running the housing was so easy because it wasn't catching on old flashing from, you know, the resin and
1: right. right, Yeah.
0: All that. Wow. Uh, so yeah, it's, I've been devoting a fair amount of time in the garage. Um, (laughs) it's, you know, and part of it is it's just a good deal more complicated than it used to be uh, top to bottom. I wrote about some of my experience with this in a post that just recently went up called Bike Work. And it lays out some of what has changed about working on bikes since I first went to work as a bike mechanic back in 1988.
1: A lot, I bet, has changed.
0: Uh, turns out. <laughs> <laughs> The crazy thing about working on bikes is that what once was the most difficult part of being a bike mechanic, maintaining and overhauling bearings, you know, making sure that they're properly adjusted, that's been eliminated. Hubs, headsets, bottom brackets, they all use sealed bearings these days. No more Brunel headsets, no more indexed steering, right? hmm Oh, yeah. But on the flip side... Bleeding hydraulic brake systems requires patience, knowledge, and a fair degree of skill. I mean, it actually requires motor skills. (laughs) Yeah. And it's the sort of thing that if you get wrong, could honestly be fatal to the rider. It was a long time before I was comfortable bleeding brakes. And honestly, it's still something that I don't much enjoy.
1: I can fully appreciate that.
0: Yeah. I I hate having to do it. It's like, okay, this is the day. We're going to bleed the brake system. (laughs) And I mean, I set aside hours because I just don't know how well it's going to go. Sometimes I find myself doing it two and three times before I'm satisfied that all the bubbles are gone. Uh, And then you've got electronic systems, uh, electronic shifting systems, which have simplified some aspects of derailleur adjustment while complicating others. (laughs) Routing the wires for Shimano Di2 systems requires a certain amount of logical thought before inserting a lead, and then the prospect of trying to get those wires through a steel frame, which negates your ability to use magnets to guide the wires through the frame, what with the steel being ferrous material and all. (laughs) And I think about all those steel frames that I would judge at nabs that were running DI2. Let's just say that my appreciation for those bikes has increased even beyond mm. where it already was. My purpose in bringing all this up is to give credit where due, forgetting for a moment the insanity of the ever-increasing proliferation of bottom bracket standards. There's another new one, by the mm-hmm. way. Oh, the knowledge necessary to be a competent bike mechanic honestly staggers me at this point. Considering what mechanics yeah. are generally paid, Yep. When I first began working on bikes, I can tell you I didn't have the patience to deal with some of the things that I now have to address in my garage today. Being a professional bike mechanic is flat out a tough job, a good deal tougher than it was even in the 1990s when I last worked as a wrench. It's to the point that some of my industry colleagues, led by James Stanfill, created an organization called the Professional Bicycle Mechanics Association. It, you know, it's an effort really to get more recognition for what goes in, uh, what goes into that knowledge base mm-hmm. for a mechanic, but also some, some recognition for them and hopefully some amount of organization to help get them better wages, uh, I suppose, in, you know, uh, more affordable markets—that's going to be easier to achieve than say yeah. the Bay Area. So, uh-huh. I, but they're doing—they're doing great work, and I—I I look at their materials as they come out with stuff, and it's a—it's a genuinely wonderful effort, and I—I'm I, glad to see something like that happen. Now, Celine, you have let it <laughs> slip that you're not much of a bike mechanic yourself. <laughs> I might have let that slip once or twice, yes. Yeah. So I'm curious, who does your bike work? And also, I'm very curious about what goes on at bicycling. When I was at Bicycle Guide years ago, we had a mechanic who came in once or twice a week to do stuff for us. We weren't going through that many bikes at a time. Hmm. There were only three of us. There were eight issues a year. That's not a lot of bikes. But. Bicycling, given the incredible number of bikes that the magazine reviews oh, each year. I mean, even mm-hmm. after you factor out everything that's shipped to Durango to Matt Phillips and, you know, whoever else's satellite uh I'm just I'm really curious. How does all the bike work get done for bicycling?
1: Well, Matt was actually here for about a year. Um mm-hmm. he was on the East Coast, he's back in Durango. So Matt Matt's kinda on his own. Matt does his own bikes. Um but we have a full time mechanic uh okay. Joel Joel Neckman yeah he he there is a shop at the office and that is his full time it is more than a full time job because it's not just it's not just the wrenching you know which is enough and he mm-hmm. knows everybody's numbers like when i get a bike from him it is set up for me all i have to do is get that bike and he's already done the you know the saddle adjustment and all that stuff mm. um which is lovely. But he yeah. also, you know, he has to track all that stuff. So where where are all the bikes that have come in? You know, when we have like buyer's guide and editor's choice and all that stuff, when there are tons of bikes coming through the office, you know, he has to keep track like what's in, what's in whose hands, where is it, when do they want it back, is it back? I mean, it's, I can't even... I can't even begin to wrap my head around. I mean, that's
0: a shipping and receiving department as well.
1: (laughs) Yes. Oh, it it 100% is 100%. So I, hats off to him. I like, he, he's got a wonderful disposition and you know, he, he does a really good job and I, I very much appreciate him. Um, I as I have alluded do not do much work myself. I I occasionally try. I fantasize. It seems like a fun thing to do. Like it seems like it seems like it would it would be something that if I could do it I would like to do. like I like to put on you know the music or the podcast in the garage and get out the tools and put the and then it kind of ends there. Like as soon as I hit my first snafu <laughs> and I start swearing at the bike then it's done. My fun is over. Um, so I might not have the right disposition, for it. I love the idea. I love the <laughs> idea of it. Um, but I'm, I am not, I am not very good at it. I did actually, I worked for a, uh, uh, the coalition for all for, it used to be alternative. Then it became appropriate transportation where I was like working on junk bikes to try to like make them rideable, you know, for, <laughs> for kids and stuff. And I could kind of fake it. Um, but anything more than just tightening cables and that guy, kind of, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not very good. So I have a, I have a friend, uh, Mike Yozel. Do you know Mike
0: Yozell? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, Mike Yozell does the vast majority. I mean, South Mountain Cycle downtown uh, is my shop. I love them. But, you know, Mike is just an easy, it's easy. He's a friend. I know he can turn it on. Hey, pay him, you know, he's in my PayPal. Uh, but You know, he, he knows how I ride. He knows what I ride. We ride together a lot. So it just, it makes a whole lot of sense for me to, uh, work with him. Cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's a super sharp guy, super knowledgeable. I could, yeah, it would be easy for me to turn a bike over to him and trust that.
1: Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I have no, yeah, that, I mean, that's never a question, right? I mean, you just know that. Yeah. So I'm, I feel very fortunate because that, because it, you know, I mean, I've, I've worked with different shops, you know, when I was specialized was like my bike sponsor, uh, for the team for a bit, you know, I would take it to those shops, but like a shop, they have a hard time turning it around, you know, in, in a lot of times just maybe a couple of weeks and I don't, mm-hmm. I, I don't have a couple of weeks often, you know? So it's, uh, it's nice to have somebody for sure. And to your point, I mean, it, it, Somebody, I can't remember who posted it, but somebody's like, you almost need like an IT degree now too, to, to work on bikes because of the technology. It's yeah, Like, you know, the, the, the things need to be updated and like, it's, it's not simple. And we, you didn't even touch on mountain bikes and suspension and all of that. Forget it. That's a whole other, that's a whole other mechanic.
0: Situation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if a shock has to be open, if a fork has to be opened, I turn that over. And yeah, generally I, yeah, there's a shop right by me. I take it to them. They ship it back there. I think there was one time they did a fork for me, but generally, you know, it goes to a serv- service service yeah, almost always. It just comes goes back to service. and uh, you know, I will, I will set up a shock for myself in terms of air pressure, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. That's, that's no problem at this point. Well, I say it's no problem. I'm always kind of wondering, is that really the right air pressure? Everybody is. <laughs> It's rare that I to a million go dials. Is it
1: 20 clicks to the right and oh. seven to the left? Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, rebound I, I'm damping. glad I'm not a oh. princess in the P. Yeah. I just like, all right, it's close enough. Let's go ride. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. It's funny when you mentioned like, you know, putting on a podcast or listening to some music, the funny thing that I've noticed recently, I've been doing audible. I'm listening to a lot of books oh, right wow. now instead of so many podcasts because it's like, well, that's a really cool podcast or, I could get through this piece of fiction that I don't have time to sit around and read and it won the Pulitzer prize. So I don't know, maybe I ought to check it out. And so I've been doing some of that. The funny thing I've realized is my new measure of how difficult a procedure is, is whether or not I have to turn off the book.
1: I was, I was just thinking that I was, when you were talking, I'm like, that sounds great, but (laughs) because because in a pot, let's face it, and nobody does this with our podcast, I'm sure. Right, everyone. But you can tune out a little bit, right? Like you can sort of like we can become a little bit of background and you're not going to miss something key to the
0: plot. Yeah, you're following, <laughs> you the, yeah, you're following the general <laughs> tone of the conversation and you're in right. the feel of it and everything's fine. Yeah. 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 But in a piece of fiction, it's like a- some some character just got killed off and it's like, wait, what? Totally. Totally. Yeah, I could
1: see that. I think I don't know if I could actually do that. I mean, I can, I can do it driving, you know, but I don't know if I could be (laughs) using audible the way I use podcasts and other stuff for that reason. Like I, I, yeah,
0: that's interesting. It's, there's some backing up here and there. (laughs) Yeah, sure. And then there are times, yeah, when it gets really complicated, it's like, no, I just got to put it on pause for now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And focus. That's happened a whole lot more in the last year than it ever did prior to that. That something has really changed, yeah. And you know, the other thing I will say that is really just the most incredible boon: the YouTube's. Oh my gosh! You mean They're, for learning
1: how to do things?
0: Yes, or just a yes. reminder on like, oh, I haven't, I haven't paired uh, a SRAM ETAP derailleur in a while. What, what do I do? What you know? Where it's did I put the booklet? Yeah. Oh, and, I throw the
1: books right out. <laughs> I don't keep any them, they just go right in the recycling for that because yeah. it's it's going to be way better to watch somebody do it anyway yeah
0: yeah, yeah. the funny thing is the way i'll go fast forwarding through no that's i already know that i already know that right, no just right, give me right. the thing that's just, the I want, one, the fi- right there yeah <laughs> it's like okay he's pushing I know the guy button. That fixes
1: yes. his, his dryer like he fixed his own washing machine or dryer or something on youtube just like awesome It's amazing. (laughs) It is pretty. It's I. I'm convinced. Like you could build a house, maybe not a good one, but you could probably figure. You know.
0: Yeah. No doubt. I mean, there. You just you simply wouldn't believe what's on YouTube. I mean, I imagine that there. If you got all their servers together in one place, you know, it would take over Cleveland or something.
1: Oh yeah. No, it's (laughs) it's such a crazy world. It's such a crazy world.
0: It's. It is absolutely remarkable. You know, the number two. Search engine, the entire world, number two behind Google,
1: YouTube. No, oh, yeah, that does not surprise me. Yeah, doesn't surprise me? I, and I mean, so, be, yeah, besides it's the fact that, like, my daughter—that's all she watches. Like, she watches television through you know. I mean, that's it's it's a whole different like.
0: That's my boy. She,
1: she, yeah, she won't on a TV. That, that's crazy. Like, she watches. Yeah, almost they all do, and yeah. it's so. I mean, that that's a. Rabbit hole in of its own, you know, like, because it just cues up that next video. So if you're interested in this thing, an hour later, you're like, oh, maybe I should get yeah. up.
0: Yeah. yeah. My boys watch Chad and V. They've got this silly hacker mystery thing that's aimed at kids. It's cute, but it's also completely brain dead. It makes me crazy. Well, <sighs> but,
1: well, you know, they said that about Scooby Doo and all the cartoons, and everything else.
0: I'd pay money to watch Scooby Doo compared to this. <laughs> raggy uh but you know yes thank you to SRAM and everybody else who's putting together those videos that show you you know all those mm-hmm. various procedures it's been absolutely amazing it's not always easy to watch that on my phone there have been a couple of times I've gone back yeah. upstairs to watch it on a bigger screen <laughs> but understandable it's that's my
1: phones are getting so much bigger
0: <laughs> well, it yeah. is. I mean, it's you know, because of YouTube. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just I'm I'm getting more and more powerful glasses.
1: <laughs> there you go. Uh, and then there's that. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cool. Well, you know, I've been curious about yeah what you do and and certainly what bicycling does because I've been thinking God, they go through a lot of bikes.
1: Oh, Oof. you have no idea. Well, I mean, we put up like thirty reviews a month or something now. I mean, it's just this astonishing number and. uh yeah joel he's the guy he's uh it's a he's he's a mechanic i mean he's he we he hired we hired him from a shop i mean he you know he was a full- time mechanic <laughs> at a shop and just mm-hmm. came to work for bicycling so yeah yeah yeah
0: wow all righty well, Line picks let's do it sure thing mine
1: is we have talked about Morton before on this show right Morton drink mix we have discussed that yeah yeah we have i don't know if you've ever tried it
0: have i tried have it? not no.
1: It no. It is, I, well, we, and we had this discussion because I remember you saying like, oh, I might, cause it is one of those higher carbohydrate, higher calorie things that you don't use. And, um, which I never did either, but this new generation has me pretty sold. Uh, Morton drink mix for those who are not, uh, in the know on it is, and I'm going to butcher the technology, but they use a the hydrogel technology to basically encapsulate the carbohydrates. So they are, so you don't get gut rot. They, they open up once they hit your stomach acid in a certain way that releases them. So they channel through your system easier. That's the best way I can describe it. Um, it's really quite remarkable, you know, so it allows you to get a 320 calorie bottle, uh, without all the problems that can happen with a 320 calorie bottle, you know, which is, you know, a lot of people just the sugars won't leave your stomach and that's bad. That's bad. (laughs) Or they won't leave your gut. Things leave your stomach. But once they get in your testings, they have to get into your system. So you get that energy. Well, they have figured out this way too. This whole technology and it works. Uh, And I like it too, because it's just like a hint of sweetness. It's not super, not a lot of, I have a lot of palate fatigue problems and it's, it's very palatable, very light. Uh, Well, they have a gel and I haven't tried their normal gel, but they sent me a bunch of caffeinated gels. Ooh. So they are, yeah, and they are using the same technology with their gels. So it's not syrup. You know, a lot of the gels that we think about are are really essentially syrup. You mm-hmm. know, it's it's maltodextrin. It's a, it's a thing, and you need to chase it down with water, and it says it right on the package. You must yeah. take this with water or you're going to have some problems, right? You're going to have some gut issues because— if you don't add the water, your body's going to add the water, effectively dehydrating you. It's so, going to steal
0: from Peter to pay Paul. Yes.
1: Totally. So, Morton has taken its same technology and put it in a gel. Okay. So, um, and it encapsulated the caffeine as well, so the caffeine's not bitter. So, you oh. often when you have a caffeinated gel or chew or something, they add a bunch of stuff, because caffeine, as drink coffee, everybody knows— Caffeine is bitter, and if you concentrate it, it's really bitter. Um, That's why some of those things can be pretty unpalatable or overly sweet. Yeah. Uh, It's pretty remarkable. Like, you don't taste it at all in this gel, and it's got 100, 100, yeah, it's 100 milligrams of caffeine, which is like one. Yeah. (sighs) That's not not messing around. It's like 1.5 espressos. (laughs) You're going to have liftoff. (laughs) Right. Well, but that's the point because. Anything else, I almost feel is psychosomatic when you have like 25 <laughs> milligrams of cal- like that's just like, which doesn't mean it doesn't work, but like for real purposes, like this is a shot, you know, almost a dopio that you're taking in this, this thing. So it's, it's going to work. Um, and I, they're interesting The, the, the consistency is a bit like not quite firm jello. You know, or maybe just soft firm, it, like it's you know, like a um, a Jello shot. It's kind of yep. got the consistency of a Jello shot, if you will. Um, but they, it works really, really well. They're very interesting. They're they're quite expensive. They're, it's fifty dollars for a box of twelve, I think. Um, oh, yeah. I was so this was, is
0: race day stuff. Unless you're the CEO of something,
1: race day stuff. Sure, I. I mean, I would look that up again because I'm. I'm still surprised by the number I saw. But that. But their their stuff is known to be pricier because you're paying. You are paying for the technology for sure. But for race day, I'm all about it. If you can use something that does not upset your stomach and that works, yeah, I think it's worth a couple extra bucks always. So <laughs> that is uh that is my pick.
0: Interesting. I'm, yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm about curious it. about this. Yeah, and 100 milligrams think, of do you caffeine. Use caffeine? Uh, Yeah.
1: Yeah. Some. Yeah. Well, Uh, I mean, when you're out there, yeah, it says 50 bucks. I just looked at it again. I I did read that correctly. I was like, is that (laughs) euro? Is that pounds? Nope. That is it's only available in the US. So that is $50. Wow. Um,
0: Yeah. I did some comparisons just to get a sense of like, you know, when I drink a soda or when I drink one of those Guayaki yerba mate teas, how Mm -hmm. much caffeine am I getting in my system? And, you know, when I have a single soda, which is usually my only source of caffeine in a day, one soda in a day, Ooh, you're not um, much. no, I'm not getting that much and I'm not a coffee drinker. So yeah. So yeah, for me, a hundred milligrams, um, I might circle the planet.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, it's worth a try. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: It'll, yeah. it'll at least get me across the Golden Gate Bridge from here. That's for sure.
1: <laughs> and they have 100 calories, which is, you know, kind of standard. Um, yeah. yeah. Vegan friendly, all that kind of stuff. And they're, I like that they have nothing in them. They have no preservatives, colorants. So it's just like very simple ingredients. So, yeah, I'm a big fan of the product in general. But the these gels are definitely have a, especially for really long stuff, when you're like three, four hours in oh. or longer, <laughs> I yeah. Hate, yeah. you know, like it can be. Because often I would have had like two more cups of coffee by then. And I'm still on my bike because I am a coffee drinker. So... Um, I can't blame you, know, you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, like after, after you know, I had my lunch on my bike, but I haven't had my coffee. So I'm going to yeah. carry one of these for those long rides for sure. I hadn't even thought about it that way. But yes. Yeah. My, hmm.
0: yeah. Okay.
1: Anyway, what do you have
0: for us? My pick... Uh, is, is our, I always struggle with the plural thing in glasses. Uh, (laughs) I've been wearing some glasses from a company that is relatively new to me. Wiley X. So that's (laughs) Wiley W, you know, kind of like coyote, but not quite, uh, with an X after it. They make an incredible array of sunglasses as well as eyeglasses. The thing that caused me to take note is that the sunglasses I've been wearing feature terrific clarity. And great definition, but they're not crazy expensive. So I've been wearing the WX Valor, and you can either buy the glasses with a single lens, you know, just like you would with so many other things. But they also do a package that includes a little carrying case, three different lenses, and a cleaning cloth. Yeah. Uh, The lenses are a smoke gray, kind of your standard sort of sunglasses tint, There's a clear for low light conditions and then another lens they call light rust, which is effectively orange. Mm -hmm. A single pair of the Valor begins at $75 and they, they do some other pricier versions. No, it's not. Get this. The package that I have only $95, three different lenses. Yeah. All that stuff. And the
1: optics are good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've, yeah, I'm really blown away with these things, you know, for the money. I get that there's other nicer stuff out there. You can drop more money, but you know, compared to the lens quality of say a Tifosi or some of those other budget glasses, mm-hmm. I'd recommend these over them any day. I wow. should also mention that the look while stylish and, you know, sort of active you know, in terms of, of overall styling. It's not over the top, like 100% or Oakley.
1: I so you can't. can wear them off the bike without like looking like an a-hole. Is that what you're saying?
0: Billy Blastoff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can't, I can't do that anymore. I just can't <laughs> even on the bike. It, I can't look like Billy Blastoff. It's got to have something that's not completely insane. I get that some are still just going to look like, you know, active person glasses, but There's a point at which it just gets kind of ridiculous and more of a. It tends to
1: go way to the end of that spectrum. (laughs) That is their MO. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's funny how some of their designs that I thought were really crazy back in the mid 1990s today are like, gosh, I wish they'd settle it back down to that. (laughs) I hear you. Oh, but yeah, these things are really nice there's also another pair that I I have been wearing uh, that have a polarized lens and I like those for driving and they're just absolutely terrific. I have yet to look into whether or not they're doing any adaptive lenses and I really need to check that out. Um, But yeah, you know, the experience I have with them for the money, just really stellar. Oh yeah. Well, that's a wrap on another episode of the pace line. Celine, Rather than ask you about something you've published this week, I have a different (laughs) question. (laughs) I got to ask you about something you did long ago. Mm -hmm. You said in social media this week, on the Facebooks, you said you interviewed Jack LaLanne.
1: A few times I did.
0: I remember watching his show (laughs) as a kid. And the funny thing was, I can remember thinking, you know, I'm like six years old, waiting for the cartoons to come on. And Jack LaLanne's on, you know, doing his jumping jacks and everything else. And I just remember thinking that that was way too much work to be a badass. (laughs) So how did it come about and what was he like?
1: Oh boy. Um, uh, I interviewed him when I was at Rodale in the book division. I, I did a profile on him and uh, I, I, I spoke with him. I think it might've been for a men's health piece later. I can't remember the other, the other piece. Um, he, he, he was an anachronism. He's, um, he was a man lost in time. Let's put it that way. (laughs) Like, so, you know, I, I felt like he had a script of things by his phone, like that he, that he wanted to say, like, 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 let me, let me first say, yes, he was a pioneer. He was. He has, he was way ahead of his time, all that stuff. I mean, I have respect for what he does. People are still following his advice today, and that says something. But mm-hmm. it was so, uh, talking to him and listening, to, you know, it's the kind of thing he's like, he would he would talk about, ah, I, you know, who wants to, I hate working out. Like, you gotta leave your hot wife in the warm bed, and who wants to leave their hot woman and go to a cold gym, but the only way you can get erections that a cat can't scratch is to go to, the, you know, like, yeah, it was kind of like that. And I was like, Oh, okay. Um, okay. What was that again about the cat? You know, I was just like, I, it wasn't, Noted. I was just like, wow. And he just had like a lot, he would tell like corny halfway off color jokes. It was just like, it was just sort of back in that era of time, you know, when a man's job, was to be muscular and virile, and a woman's job was to be a hot wife, you know? And that was just, like, that was his world view, and it was, it, everything went through that prison, man. Everything went through that prison. Got it. And it, it, he, tried, he tried really, really hard the whole time. I mean, he, he literally would just, like, just do push-ups. Like, you want to do some push-ups? Like, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> just, just, just to show you, like, how many push-ups you can do kind of thing. Um. Yeah, I mean, a dear, dear guy, and you know, legit story, legit like sick yeah. kid, like his, he had the whole, you know, his whole tale about himself that he was proud of, and so he's like, "I'm too busy to die," you know, like, okay, that I understand, but um, yeah, you don't get an edge in uh, word in edge wise with Jack when you talk to him. Like, just, it was hard to get off the phone with him, like when I when I would would call be like, okay. And another, you know, I'm like, okay, I got the, yeah, that's a good joke too. Okay. All right. Who's on first? I've got to go. Bye.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I mean, yeah, he was such a force of nature on his own show that I've always kind of been curious what he was like, you know?
1: That's what he was like.
0: Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, That would have made for an interesting dinner party. Maybe a little... (laughs) Maybe a little monotone, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah. One, one dinner party would be fine. One would be entertaining.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> okay. Cool. Wow. I know somebody who met Jack Lelane. Well, if enough. only by phone. But yeah. neato. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, uh, hey, everybody. <laughs> Keep those questions coming. You all have been sending some great stuff. I know we've got another one coming up. Uh, yep. If you've got an idea. Please drop by RKP and put a suggestion in the comments. Don't forget our paceline kits from Primal. They're up in the RKP store. Before we go, I'd like to put in a plug for RKP's other podcast, The Pull. The show features artisans talking about their craft in one-on-one interviews. Think Terry Gross for Cyclists. We are still on hiatus, but I've got a bunch of new interviews I'm working on, so I do anticipate the show will finally be back next week. We hope you've enjoyed the show, and if you have, please leave us a good review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It makes us easier for other listeners to find. Until next week, I'm Patrick Brady with Celine Yeager. Thanks for listening to The Pace Line.